0: Augmenters, I'm Julie. And I'm Jimmy. And we believe authentic connected relationships are the key to growing to your potential. Today we are joined by Ron Gutman, a leader, technologist, entrepreneur, Stanford professor, and the purveyor of
1: happiness. We know that all great leaders have great mentors, and we are here to augment your leadership through mentoring. On this podcast, you're going to learn how to connect better with others with the power of a smile. You will also hear about how to grow to your potential through the promise of habit formation. This entire episode embodies the augmenter's principle of connection. So be ready to begin a new habit of smiling more often with Ron Gutman. Here we go. Awesome. Well, Ron, as a way
0: of introducing yourself, uh, what we usually ask our guests: who believed in you before you believed in yourself, and uh, what did they see in you?
2: Yes, I think that like, you know I, I'll, I'll mention I'll mention one person who who deserves the you know deserves a big kudos. Uh, it was the provost at Stanford University, John Echendy, who's just an unbelievable guy like one of the smartest and the best people i've ever met in my entire life that took the university to, to where it is right now and uh, just like an unbelievable educator a wonderful leader and somebody that understands not only the intricacies of uh, of human wisdom but also the intricacies of the human soul and uh he really believed in health and well-being uh and wanted uh, the stanford campus not to just be a place for wisdom and, uh, you know, when and he was there when I was a student, you know, gave us a huge, huge opportunity with the research group that we had at Stanford that, uh, that was working. It was an interdisciplinary research group that was working on health and well-being and, and really wanted to bring technology to help engage people in their health and well-being. And together, he empowered us to take some of what we built in a bunch of really, really smart people in the university and build the Be Well at Stanford program. With on from an idea of a research group that was put together at Stanford of like, how do how can we use technology to uh, engage people around their health and well-being, and help them stay healthier and happier, and 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 more 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 of everything that they want to do by just doing more things that are related to either just healthy living and wellness-related activity or managing their health and well-being and using technology, which back then you know we had some websites and flip phones. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was the, the the extent of the technology that we had, but with that we were able to build a program that became extremely successful. So John Mendy believed in us, uh, believed in the university, and created a huge amount of value that then, you know, went all over uh, the country and then all over the world to, to inspire a whole generation of, uh, of health technology.
1: Can you walk me through, like, what was the first time that you met Jonah? What, what was the interaction? Were you, like, you know, at a coffee shop in Silicon Valley, just like, wow, like like, life is the best here at Stanford? Like what, what? 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 What was that first interaction?
2: No, it was in his office. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember the detail. I don't remember the exact detail. That was quite a few years ago, my friend. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I was very. I, I do I do remember that was deeply impressed. I deeply impressed by the fact that you know you, you think that this this person will always talk about you know just the, the big things you know like the mission and is super busy and it, you know you get into the office of the provost when you are like you know, a student and you're like, whoa, you know, like, you know, what now, right? So, and and I knew of John, I mean, he's a legend, right? So, you know, I think that's like the, 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 the idea of being there and having a conversation and then it became a very personal conversation about how he himself transformed himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like how he lost weight, how he started biking regularly, like he from having a certain lifestyle that he was in, told me, it connected with me in a most personal way of us sharing with each other, how are we, what are we doing to improve our well-being and how it transformed his life, right, and my life, and then how can we take this and just amplify it? And that was surprising because this deep connect, this human connection on the personal story of how he lost weight and became active, right, because he also like an academic, like a thinker, a deep thinker. This is like early, these are the early days of AI, right? Like these are the early days of what be, be, is becoming a revolution. And these are the pioneers of that, right? So these big thinkers that were very, very much into computers, into like being in, in small rooms, going into saying, no, no, but we need to do something about our health and the conversation itself started by a personal connection. Hmm. Right? Something that is a personal experience, not just talking high level, let's talk population health management, let's talk about, you know, this and that. Yeah.
1: I had a very different experience when I first got to the dean or provost office. I think it was, "Why were you trying to carry a keg by yourself?" Uh, and uh, <laughs> there was not a lot of deep thinking involved. And I was, I was also very impressed and scared. But so, how in that moment? And I remember actually developing a good relationship with this dean over the years. But how in the moment did did like did it come out that he was riding his bike? Like, did you come in with like a helmet attached somewhere? Or did you talk about your run? Do you have any? Idea, like how you found that overlap of like obviously you had the you had the technology, but how did you like first unlock the well-being piece?
2: Yeah, he was not the dean; he was the provost. But uh, but yeah, but the the, the connection was a, a, a personal conversation, right? Like really personal conversations. Really being able, I, I think that that's a strength that he had, right? Like the the, the and that's what I like. talking about mentorship. You guys are are the, the best of mentorship, right? The ability to go and talk with the student that he had never met before and be open honest and vulnerable right and i think that was admirable in my mind because he's a legend i'm going into a legend so i expect to talk with a legend about legendary things and the guy is talking with me about losing weight right and i think that like this authenticity this true person that was standing in front of me, it's not, it, it actually created my, the image, his image in my mind went way, way beyond that. And the connection was so deep. And I was like, I want to work with this person. I want to do things with him. I want to do things for him. I want to make sure that he's successful because he's the real deal, right? So, so you know, and, and that's very, very important from a mentorship perspective, but creating this trust, right, based on humanity. And we talk about it a lot in Sapient Leadership, right? This whole notion of trust, that instills the psychological safety, which is an extremely important concept, right? And what John did back then, I'm just, I've am just i been thinking about it as I'm talking with you about it, because it's coming to me, and I now understand something that they didn't understand back then, is creating a very deep connection with me of trust. And I did trust him. And I just, that's, that's how it all started. So I think that this is the biggest takeaway for me. It's like, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. uh, to be open and honest and human. Because you're creating a lot of goodwill with that and deeper connection and the ability to do big things together.
0: Ron, I have to ask, did he smile? (laughs) Did you smile? (laughs) The smiling part of it?
2: Well, I mean that's that that that's just who I am. I I yes, uh, I, I the short answer to the question. There were a lot of smiles there, and a lot of things that we did all the way from, you know, building the infrastructure to do like we did walks, like campus-wide walks together, and things like that. And and yes, there was a lot of smiling, a lot of sunshine, and that California is very good this way. I had
0: a feeling the answer would be yes. Sorry, that was a tee up. Uh, there's a tee up to talk. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for that. I just want to like pause to reflect that trust. Authenticity, vulnerability, him sharing his journey with you when he kind of comes off as this legend. Like, and that really inspired you to want to cre- create with him and create for him, honestly. And that really is the truest of leadership. So thank you for bringing that. Definitely. Definitely. And maybe that kind of relates back to habits, which I know is something else that you're really passionate about and creating habits that promote well being. Would you say that's one of your habits of well being? And what, yes. what else do you have for us? Yes, I think, look, I mean,
2: the, the everything that you want to get into to your uh, routine that is important for you uh, becomes much easier when you create habits. You know, I have had a huge privilege uh, to work with BJ Fogg together at Stanford, uh, you know, to work on, on, a, on a course in behavior design. And BJ is a genius when it comes to these things. He wrote uh, a book that's called Tiny Habits. Uh, He's he's the grandfather of all of this work at Stanford, creating habits and making it easy to create habits. And I learned a lot from him. And, you know, the the whole idea of like bringing things that are important for you into your life in a way that you don't really need to think about them anymore, right? When I wake up in the morning, I don't think whether I go out to work out or not. I just get out of bed. I drink a a little bit of water. Just water. (laughs) Just water. No Exactly. And then I I just wear my running shoes and I go to to run. Whether it's on the beach, which I try to do, or if I'm traveling, it doesn't matter where I am. And by the way, I don't care what temperature is outside. I don't care if it's rain or shine or snow or whatever. I I have my gear and I'm gonna go run. It's not a decision anymore because it's a habit. It's like brushing teeth. Think about yourself. I'm like everybody's brushing teeth. Now it's when was the last time that you thought maybe tonight I'm not gonna brush my teeth? Or maybe this morning I'm not gonna brush my teeth. I mean like I, don't think I mean, that the benefit of,
0: of virtual is that we can't, we don't know the answer to that question.
2: Yeah, like I, I'm not going to share my answer to that, but
1: I, I probably better my answer to the habit of exercising compared to.
2: Exactly. So, so, I, and that's powerful. It's the same thing with meditation, right? By the way, and, and the whole idea of a prompt, right, of, of stacking habits with, with other habits is extremely powerful. So we, we say that to form a habit, you need the motivation, ability, and prompt. It's in an, it's an the map rule: motivation, ability, prompt. Prompt is really connecting it something else that you're doing, ideally another habit. So it actually prompts the other thing. When I wake up in the morning, waking up in the morning happens every day. So if my running is attached to that, I, I, it's not something I need to think about. Same thing I did with meditation. I attach it to the end of my workout, right? And I do it 10 minutes, just 10 minutes a day, right? You know, I, I use Sam Harris's waking up app and I just do 10 minutes, right, of like guided meditation every single morning. And for years I had wanted to do this, but once I really created a prompt for myself, so the end of my stretch, which is always the same, leads me to sit down and spend 10 minutes, you know, putting this app and, you know, doing a guided meditation and it changed my life. But, you know, it took me years to really realize that I can actually do that by creating a habit. And now, again, I don't think about this
1: anymore. So even if you're wet after running like a slow nine minute mile pace, you're still going to sit there for 10 minutes, listening to Sam Harris and meditate.
2: Absolutely. No, no doubt at all. And, and, and I think that like the, again, I don't think about it, right? Jimmy, I don't, it's not that I make a conscious decision that I'm going to meditate. It's the next step of the end of my workout, right? And it's like, it's, it's super powerful because I decided I need, I had the motivation to do it, but I had had the, the motivation for years. I had the ability to do it and that the app actually helped me do that because once I found an app that really, you know, Sam resonated with me because he's very, very easy going. He actually is very accepting of the fact that your mind will meander. That you will have start having thought about meditating, about all these things that kind of when you start meditating, it's like you're like, I'm never gonna be able to do this. <laughs> right? and, and
1: let's be honest, he's got a great voice for it too. That's like true. he's got he's that's got the right tone for it and cadence.
2: That's true. I like that. And and so you know, that's the ability. So motivation, ability, that's the map Motivation I had. Well, ability, Sam helped me, right? And a prompt is basically the last part of my stretch. Right. So I had all of this. And once you get into it and then you stop thinking about it, and it's wonderful. It really is.
0: That's an incredible framework. And now I'm thinking about mentoring, like what is kind of that like mentoring habit? What is that motivation, ability and prompt that creates that deep connection in a mentoring conversation?
1: Is yeah, that- I wonder well, how to be able to prompt yourself to know, oh, this is a time where even if I'm the provost of a, a large institution, It's still okay for me to be vulnerable and say you know i have things to work on personally as well i don't you know what what is the piece where your mind switches and you're like oh yeah i can just be me i don't need to have on my
2: armor it's a very good question meditation helps with that a lot right Because what meditation does and sam back to giving kudos to sam is very good at like at the end of the meditation reminding you that meditation is not just what you do in the formal sessions but the ability to really meditate for like you know literally six seven seconds before you enter a room or when something happens, right? And and that can be a prompt actually for, for that, Jimmy, because if you are mentoring somebody, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, somebody enters the room, right, and give you a cue to just meditate or just meditate the five seconds before you enter the Zoom or the, the actual in person meeting and just pause for a second and get into the mentor mindset and understand that these things are actually being yourself is a easier. <laughs> Be, be more effective. See, like it's it not only easier because, like you know, wearing this hat or that hat. I mean, we're doing these things. You know, we're doing business and we're doing that, and we need to be, you know, you know, get to the meeting. And... <laughs> <laughs> to do that, right? My so, God, that's
0: a great invitation, to <laughs> in Jimmy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so there's plenty of that, right? But, but then you just like so pause for a second. It's so like, hold on one second. That's could like be myself, right? Like just like, you know, and it's okay because they don't need anything. Like in you, know, you don't need to prove definitely not to somebody who's you're mentoring, you don't need to prove to them anything, right? Like you're already there, they wouldn't choose you as a mentor if you weren't that, right? So
1: I, I have this picture in my head, Ron, now, of like every time a student walks into like my office hours or comes in Zoom, I'm like, hold on a second, and I just close my eyes and take like five deep breaths, and be like, is he, is he okay? <laughs> but but if I
2: did it all the time as a habit. I'll pause, pause with you. I love how the energy and the best leaders in the world do that. And they maybe not do it for five seconds. They maybe do it for a second or a second and a half. I know for a fact that the best leaders in the world do that. I, I do it. I, I really religiously do my best. I'm not at 100% yet, but I'm trying to do it before every single important thing that I'm doing. And it doesn't need to be even five seconds, Jimmy. It can be a second or two. It's like super important. Getting out of your head. Because the biggest problem that we have, you know, as, as as humans is that we are reacting to things. What meditation teaches you more than anything else is to take back control over what's going on because most of the time we react to things. And part of it, part of not being who you are is reacting. Right? So stop reacting, right? And start being who you are. And I think that that's a very important thing. And sometimes it's enough to take a second or
0: two. And I think the biggest part of that related to mentoring that we see is listening. And so I think when you are, you know, exactly like you're saying, when you're able to take that deep breath, clear your mind, and you're in, you're able to be in the moment, in the conversation, you're going to hear so many different things that you're both hearing in words, but also in body language and really understanding what that person's saying. And maybe, you know, part of our work is really kind of creating that ability you know, kind of those reminders within those conversations. And the prompt is, I love that idea of like when the Zoom opens, right? It's like, okay, the Zoom is opening. Here's the prompt, like deep breath, and then you're in it um, to help you Mm -hmm. have these more authentic conversations.
2: And I do it not, not only in mentoring, I, I, I do it with my business partners as well, you can ask them, I mean like I, I would start I mean, when I feel that there's too much going on and there's like some this and that tension, I will pause, take a step back and suggest a meditation and they sometimes they make fun of me, but I, I have the app, that Sam Harris's app in my hand and that, I never thought I'm going to become new agey, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> Like Ron, I think you're
1: first. there. I think that, you're there. Easy matriculated, New Agey.
2: But you know what? It's awesome, right? Like I used to make fun of these things, but like this, no, this no, is real. Yeah. This, this is awesome. I mean, like it's like this moment of like, and everybody's like, after that, thank you. Really, I really appreciate that, right? So it's like, the minute, and the moment is like, come on, give me a break. We're doing serious things here. Like meditate for after, right? Like no, 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 a little bit, a little bit, and then everybody's like, oh, thank you.
1: It was one of my students this year focused on the meditation we did in class of emotions like weather and every student, if they wanted to shared what their emotions were, but describing it as in whatever the weather might be. And we did it. We do it at the end of the beginning of the course not the end of the course, at the beginning of the course, almost to a person, it's something like cloudy, you know, or like the sun's sun is somehow blocked. And almost to a person by the end of the course, everybody is saying, oh, like it might be raining, but it's beautiful droplets coming, like the sun's hitting the droplets beautifully, or, you know, the, the wind has changed. Like, it, it's, it's amazing how, how doing that even twice has like a, a quick check. And that, that was <laughs> over 13 weeks, that was the student's takeaway from the course.
2: All the work on mindset, I mean, like this leads to results. Carol Dweck's work on mindset shows empirically right empirically that once you have this mindset you're going to reach better results right you, you have growth mindset and positivity you just get into you marinate yourself in positive thinking it leads to better results so why not <laughs> right
0: it's free it's accessible like it's just it's not you know you don't have to buy a new lexus to have like it's really these are like these tools that are really accessible and then that makes me think also about sort of like as a mentor bringing these tools to these conversations Mm -hmm. you know not only using them yourself to be able to listen better in conversations but sometimes i know my experience is sometimes mentees come to me and they're, they're kind of spinning out right they're like this is going to happen and it's going to happen. And they're kind of creating all these stories in their head. So bringing that into the conversation, I think you've already given us, I think some really great tools and our listeners, some great tools to kind of help your mentee or sometimes your mentor is like freaking out. It's like, okay, you know, like using these tools to sort of bring you back down to be able to get stuff done.
1: It's a great way to show you're a person. You know, you, you, if you were meditating from age one, you know, that would be different, but I don't think anybody does that. So.
0: And Ron, I imagine a lot of people come to you to ask you to be their mentor. Do you have mentees that you work with? Like, how have how has that really worked out well um, for you with people approaching you?
2: You know, I, I mentor people all the time, right? And, and I and I love doing it. This is why I started teaching. That that the whole idea of going and and becoming a professor, you know, started with like having people that I mentor. And, and I feel that it's it's something that is is first of all, it's like it it feels great to be able to take things that I learned over time, and I wish that I knew over the years and 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 just give them give them to other to other people and 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 giving to people that are evolving and developing and giving it to people that want time i mean you want you need mentorship you need to want for real right and if you really want it there's a lot of it in it for you if you know everything it's like you know it's, especially when you spend a lot of time in silicon valley and places like that or in like some food universities you have too many people that know everything and that's i i i really can't help these people they, they know everything so <laughs> uh, By definition. Yeah. So good luck. <laughs> so like, some people that want to evolve more and go into this process, it's it's very fulfilling to know that they are not going to repeat some mistakes that I, I made in, in my life, and they'll be able to have a smoother ride. They'll be able to reach more than I did, just because you know you know avoiding pitfalls, but also seeing opportunities when they arise, and also conditioning themselves to be or making themselves helping them become ready to become what they want to become. I mentor people who are entrepreneurs, right? And and I tell them, you need to be an athlete and you need to have an athlete mindset. If you, everybody wants to be, you know, uh, Larry Larry Page and, and, and everybody wants to be Steve Jobs. And I said, like, look, if you want to be one of these people and you want to do it for a long time, you need to be an athlete, right? You need to be an athlete in multiple ways. And here's why. And they said, yeah, but um, first of all, I want to learn the business. And I want to, no, 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 no. No no, 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 there, there are some things on the foundation. When you see the, the, you just see the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole iceberg underneath that that I know the people. It's not the image of the people. I know the people. I spent 30 years, almost 30 years, uh, in and around Silicon Valley, and working with people right Like and knowing them and seeing them from the beginning to end and knowing what's under this you know, iceberg, is important to work on foundations right and if you don't have this foundation it doesn't matter how good a business person you are you're going to collapse <laughs> because it's going to come at you from so many directions you need to have a strong foundation here's how you build the foundation right for these things because i've seen it work and i've seen it not work right and foundation is mind body and spirit right like it's not just like the body it's not just like the, the spirit it's the mind there's a lot of things there that you need to work on right so i think that these these are the kind of things that are very fulfilling to do they actually, the other thing is like I feel that I learn myself. So there's something about mentoring and even more in teaching. And I'm sure you know that, Jimmy, because you're teaching as well. Especially where I teach is that the students keep me on my toes. Oh, yeah. They're much I, smart. I, they're super smart and they, you need to be on top of things. like So I find myself digging even deeper and deeper and deeper in what I'm doing because they will, right? <laughs> and that's great because the best way to learn is to teach. Right, the best way to learn is to teach because then you you want to be on the cutting edge. You are pushing the envelope. You are doing these things, so it's very fulfilling. Uh, but it's also great for growth. Yeah, believe it or not, it's it's great for personal growth because you keep asking yourself the question. You're keeping keep questioning yourself. It's like, am I giving the right advice? Am I deep enough on my advice? Right, like all of these kind of things help with self growth as well, not just for the, you know, for, for giving back. But you know, the whole notion of giving, I do, I, 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 I do a bunch of philanthropy and we just started a foundation uh, that's called On Go For Good and Endowed It and now we have, you know, our, our actual vehicle that is giving back. So I, I love doing philanthropy. We've done it over the years. I, I done it myself. I've brought some other people to do it. There's something amazing about giving back, just like doing something good for somebody else, period, right? And And the whole notion of like, just doing it because it's right and it's because it feels great is, is another huge benefit as well. It's a whole reason to smile. It is. It is. You know, I grew up, my mother used to uh, teach me this concept uh, in Judaism that's called tikkun olam. Uh, and tikkun olam means just verbally, if I translate it to, uh, from Hebrew, from ancient Hebrew to, to English, uh, tikkun olam mean, means to fix the world. And the concept, it's a philosophical concept in in, uh, Jewish philosophy, that means we need to do good by the world for the reason of just that. The world needs fixing, and we need to do the fixing because the world needs fixing, and that's it. And you need to fix the world because it needs fixing, and that's it. There's nothing in it for you, there's nothing in it for anybody else, but you should engage in that because... It's the right thing to do, and then everybody is better off. You should read about it. It's called Tikkun Olam, and it's very powerful because once you get into it, you get a tremendous amount of satisfaction. And I attribute it to my mom for just doing things because they're right thing to do for no other benefit.
0: Please tell me you bring that into your teaching at Stanford, (laughs) (laughs) and that they are also into this.
2: yeah i'm working on a piece right now as we speak that i'm going to publish very soon about tikkun olam because i think it's an amazingly powerful concept thousands of year old concept right so this kind and and it's a it's a very powerful concept in philosophy i need to come back because there's something extremely empowering and extremely self-fulfilling in doing these things just for the sake of doing them really for nothing else speaking about habits and doing right for the
1: world if we're supposed to always be smiling is there a time to always have a, a toothy smile versus just like the the big lip smile. When when, when are you supposed to you know, know know which to do? Is there is there any kind of appropriateness?
2: I don't know. If I can stump you, stump you, Ron, I'm gonna take it. That's a that's a win. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think about smiling. It's the one thing that I I try to feel rather than think. That uh, it, it just just naturally smile however however you wish i mean i i don't i don't think there's more benefit or less benefit of this smile or that file i didn't find it in my research And, and the reason
1: i bring it up is because now that so much of interactions are on zoom i see myself even though i minimize myself as much as possible it's so hard not to look and so i'm always curious like like how much teeth? Am I getting any bottom teeth <laughs> involved here? You know, like, you know, even if my lips are closed, like do I have a little purse up or not just to kind of like show I'm engaged, you know what I mean? Like you can really get into the weeds.
2: I love it. No, I think that the smile from the eyes, I mean, not even from the, from the, from the, mm. like real smiles are, you know, you just, I think like a, a real smile is the entire the entire package right i, I don't think it's just the, the the lips or the the mouth or this is just the, it's the eyes it's the it's just your whole being in it, in the smile and feel yeah, feel right, it because it's like it does affect significantly uh, your pleasure mechanism in the frontal lobe of the brain and there's you know lots and lots of mri like there's a lot of research that shows you know empirically that it will Give you pleasure. It will give you pleasure. It will give people around you pleasure, and it's a that just. It just. It just like Julie said, I mean, there, it doesn't cost anything. I mean, it's like so easy.
1: I feel like that's like got to be like on your business card. Like, hi, my name's Ron. Smile from the eyes. Like, I that is just like I love that idea. That's that's just that's made me very happy.
0: Yeah, uh, I say it's bringing me so much joy just talking about it. Like I think yeah. just talking. I, I was listening to your TED talk, and I was like, ah, oh, it was like making me so so happy and and so joyful. And and I do think it is such a big part of connected relationships. Right. And when you are open, when you smile, it shows that that yeah, just that openness. And especially when it comes to vulnerability. And and I love. I think what I really got out of this conversation is kind of taking that pause. Resetting when you enter a conversation, taking a deep breath, split second meditation, and then opening, bring, coming with this open energy, uh, I think, which really kind of shows as a smile, I think allows people to feel more comfortable with you. And I think that would just contribute so much to this world. I'm really like, I'm covered in goosebumps.
2: Beautifully said. And I think that's like the, the connection between uh, smiling and creating psychological safety. Which is a concept that is very near and dear to my heart because I've seen firsthand particularly during the pandemic during very stressful times and we're trying to to build you know like in complete uncertainty to to build solutions for for a pandemic that was unfolding in the early days of the pandemic with all the chaos and craziness you know building on go building the test that we that we created to really help many millions of people stay healthy happy and safe proved to me beyond doubt, and working with a small team, that was a small team. I mean, we're talking about huge pharmaceutical company, medical devices company that couldn't launch these things. They tried and couldn't. And I worked with a small team on extremely dedicated people. And I saw firsthand, you know, when I wanted to implement this whole notion of sapient leadership in this small team, firsthand how this smiling, this, you know, vulnerability, authenticity, trust creation created this psychological safety that made people shine and perform well beyond what I ever believed they could perform. Right. And they they themselves they said in hindsight that they were just that they felt empowered. They felt themselves and they gave so much and they we wouldn't be able to do what we did without this environment on psychological safety and smiling helps a ton, especially in stressful times, especially in times when like, things don't work and everything is chaotic and everything. Coming in there, meditating for a second, smiling into the, the room and giving people the license to be themselves creates wonders.
1: I, I love it. it uh, it's, it's actually a piece that I use when I do some, uh, some coaching in sports too. Uh, a big piece is when you're taking like a free throw in basketball, And everybody's yelling at you, and maybe you just got injured in the foul and something. But I I forced myself in high school to incorporate a smile. To in in the beginning, you know, of course, you know, I'm 17 and an idiot, so I'm smiling to like prove that the fans can't get me down. But I've realized later on, I smiled during that because it actually calmed me down and made me say, "I'm happy to be here. I want to be here," and increased how many free throws I would make significantly just by like I'm just. I'm just smiling. It's okay in this stressful moment.
2: One of the things that prompted to do the research on smiling, I, I used to do long distance running. So I run every morning today, but I don't run, run don, long distances anymore. Uh, um, you only do like 15, 25 miles? You yeah, know, right? until this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I run for half an hour, that's it. The thing that really prompted my research, right, was yeah. me after, you know, that, 20 mile thing that, that that i did when you, you know what it starts it started being you know a little bit more cumbersome and you start start getting into your head and you start getting into like kind of like runners kind of high you know, all these kind of things and i i smiled and i i, I kind of felt better and i'm like is this i'm imagining this am i hallucinating or it's like it's a, i i think and i tried and I, I tried to induce it just kind of like just try to see if it works and it did and i then i started researching it I started googling it and I started doing research and I, I I found that it's like no no it's a real thing it gave me a boost just like you desc- describing it gave me a boost in the middle of the run and I said there's something in that because if I can do it in in you know after 20 miles of running right and I can maybe do it in other you know you know p- points in life or or things that I can and I can teach others to do that so that prompted the, the the research to to start with. Amazing.
1: I I hope you'll smile with me through this uh, brief segment we do at the end of our podcast called our our Rapid Fire Word Association. So I'm curious what you'll come up with. It's just four words. It's really quick, but I'm going to say a word. I'm curious, like right off the dome, what comes to you? When I say mentor, what do you think about? Love. Love. When I say mentee, what do you think about?
2: Wisdom. Wisdom.
1: How about sponsor opportunities? Opportunity and coach
2: possibility.
1: All right. Love is a new one. I I love it. I love love. <laughs> 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 yeah. This is I the mean, happiest you know,
0: podcast we have ever done. Oh my gosh, we're just like overflowing. Um, Ron, any last words of wisdom? Any any last. Uh,
1: yeah. Last any you any, share? any any brief like uh, uh, tr- tips and tricks to get invited to the live long and flourish club?
2: Yeah. No. I think that the, the most important thing is is pause and smile. That's it. I mean, I like boiling things to the to the essence at the end of the day. You, know, you can talk and talk and talk and talk, but if you can find points in your day that take take a second, pause, and smile. Count to two. Three, I don't care, whatever count you have. Pause, count to three, and smile. It will. I, I think it will change your life. I know it will change your life. Okay. Well, and you've
0: just given us a great way to open all of our many conversations together. It's to just pause <laughs> and smile before we jump in. Ron, thank you so much. We will be following along. We'll be cheering you on. We will be smiling all over all the places that we go. And I'm really happy to hear about the kind of work that you're doing and that you're bringing to these great minds. And I am excited to see how uh, your mentees and students grow to change the world. So thank you so much for your work and thank you for your time with us today. Julie, did you pause and smile at me before we started this conversation? My eyes supposed to be closed while I smile? I think you can do whatever you want.
1: I think you're right. I don't think I'm...
0: Your eyes closed smiling.
1: <laughs> that's not very nice. That's not the. That's not the principle of smiling that Ron taught me. But now you're smiling more. Do you know the trick to faking a smile?
0: Please tell me.
1: There's no trick. You can't do it. It's impossible. <laughs> to imagine.
0: I feel like I can fake a smile. But you're, but it's the eyes. That's I mean, for Ron, it's really about the eyes. Smile from the eyes. Smile from the eyes. But that is a great reminder as you're logging on to a virtual meeting. Pause.
1: Smile. It's so simple.
0: We've always we've already been laughing quite a bit this morning. But Jimmy, I'm really excited to tell you the story. Are you ready?
1: It's just the story of your half Torah again.
0: <laughs> no, that's a good story. That's a story for another day. Okay. Listening half Torah. No. So this morning. I woke up and I thought of Ron and I usually do a lot of different things. But this morning I put my running shoes on. I put a t-shirt on that said smile. And, and I went for a run in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And do you know what I did?
1: You completed the run.
0: Yes. And I smiled at everybody who passed me.
1: <laughs> like Ron. There's two. Of you I out smiled
0: there. at everyone who passed me. I did not have like a nice beach to like write happiness on at the end. Although we'll definitely um, share that photo. But I gotta say, I think only about ten percent of people smiled back at me. But hey, I felt it, pretty good.
1: That's probably ten percent more than if you weren't smiling at everybody, and that brings a lot of happiness in the world. I was sal- telling this to Heather over the weekend when I was walking around with the kid in the park, and we saw like of the. 18 houses on my block. I must have seen a third of people from those houses. And just the quick, like, wave smile, it is truly, you know, one of the two biggest determinants of happiness in this world of, you know, just being able to say hi to the people around you and genuinely smile. It's it's a game
0: changer. And it's definitely worth getting into the habit of doing that smiling. So I think when we go back to, you know, kind of what we stand for and we talk about here, obviously the biggest way to connect with others that Ron shared with us is smiling. You
1: just smile. And, and maybe if you're in Baltimore or somewhere else, you can just say, smile, you're on candid camera and that's fine too. Or closed circuit, whatever it is. But the, the, it's just so key when you walk into a room to smile. There's no reason not to, it doesn't have to be a big, you know, you know, totally, you know, tooth eating grin, but I think it's really important. I did want to ask you though, Julie, because there is this notion in the workplace, especially but, uh, where men tell women, why don't you smile more? Mm. And I was curious your opinion, uh, cause I have some friends who have voiced it to me that it's it's not just rude, it's harassment. And uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this.
0: That's really interesting. I don't know because, A, I want to run a completely women run organization. So I don't generally have men who would say that to me. And because I get to choose who I work with, I generally tend not to spend time with people who would say something like that to me. It might not be in their best interest. But I think, mm-hmm. and I'm also quite smiley most of the time. So in terms of my own, feeling about that. I guess it's just really a determinant, right? Of like how that person is. And if what the purpose of them saying that, I think that's inappropriate. I wouldn't tell you, Hey, you should smile more. You should smile at the other people (laughs) at the
1: meeting. But but aren't we telling everybody right now to smile more?
0: Well, yes, that's true.
1: I'm thinking about the, also the, the introvert we met last week, uh, an introvert in general, not, not necessarily the one uh, we're, we're both referencing, but sometimes they're not as excited to see people because that's not where they would get their energy. Yeah.
0: From. That's a so, really good point. That's a really good point. I wonder though, if the purpose of our conversation is really about connecting with others and this being a really simple way to do that, I think if you aren't really open to smiling, you're going to need another way to pretty quickly connect with others. Because what Ron really shared was that this is a really Universal way to connect. And it happens pretty quickly, right? If I smile at you on the street, you're either going to think I'm a little crazy or smile back. But if you're not really, you know, if that's not, or both, which could be great. (laughs) If that's not really your jam, then I think there's probably ways you have to work to connect with others, but it's going to be a little bit different. And maybe at the end of the day, you just end up with fewer connections, but maybe more genuine connections. But I am talking as somebody who is not, who is a total extrovert.
1: It's definitely something I'm aware of when giving even presentation feedback to folks about, I say, you got to lean into whatever your comfort is. And if that's big tooth eating grin, like how I normally do it, great. If that's not how you like to do it, then you just got to be comfortable. That's the most important thing. But I do kind of agree that if you're entering into a mentoring relationship, you obviously want to be there. And if you want to be there, then you should want to connect with the other person because of all the value that's going to be come from that deeper connection when it happens quicker. And so the smile then is super important. It's not like you're walking through the halls of an office and like you need to be smiling. That's not the point. It's, Hey, I, I have an intention to be in this relationship and help this other person and help myself. We should smile.
0: And like, I'd love feedback. I'd love to hear people who don't feel comfortable necessarily smiling all the time, like how do they connect with others and what are some other yeah. ways to do that? That would be another awesome podcast, Connecting for internet. Cash.
1: Cash is a great way to connect with people.
0: <laughs> Unmarked
1: bills, non-sequential. <laughs> Sl- slip them slip a 20. Yeah. I, I, I think it just shows your intention yeah. of, I'm here with an open mind and I'm here for you, if not m- more than I'm here for myself. Yeah. And I I think Ron says that really well throughout our, our discussion.
0: And I also loved him referring back to habits, which is not a new topic that we've covered, but a great reminder that creating these habits just makes it super easy for you to be able to transition from one thing to another without thinking about it. I think that was his point, like getting up in the morning, putting on your shoes, going for a run meditating, coming back, smiling. (laughs) That's Ron's day, you know, inventing cool things, talking to interesting people, but the idea of creating a habit. So creating that mentoring habit, which I think we can continue to talk more about. And I know for Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what we talked about is really asking those good questions and listening, asking good questions and listening right off the bat is the best way, you know, smile, ask questions, shut
1: up and listen. It's a one, two, three punch. Motivation, ability, prompt. Yeah, exactly. Same one, two, three punch. I I completely agree. The beginning is always a crucial time, as they say. And in the beginning of that mentoring relationship, showing with your eyes, smiling with your eyes is a great way to say, you know, I'm here for you. Well, when I with with, with my mentor, Pete Wilson, episode nineteen, augmenter, shout out, when Pete and I would have some of our early meetings, I remember Pete would literally put his head back, close his eyes, and he would smile sometimes during that would be his only movement as we'd like talk through strange you know project management you know funky issues but he would smile even though his eyes were closed and his head was back
0: but all this really comes back to of course of any of our uh, augmenters principles this episode is spawn- is brought to you by the letter C for connection because this was definitely Mm -hmm. an episode about that initial moments of connection, creating a habit of connection, which I think are great reminders for us to take into our busy, exciting days.
1: Couldn't agree more. That's my takeaway. Smile, make the habit to pause, connect better with others. Augmenter on. Augmenter's out. (laughs)
0: Wow, you've made it this far and we thank you hopefully you enjoyed our episode and discovered new ways to bring more authentic connection into your mentoring relationships want to tell them more jimmy
1: be an augmenter with us visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us share our podcast with someone you care about like and subscribe and yes really you following our show and writing a review it's a big deal your actions provide us with the resources to continue our undefeated, unencumbered, prize winning productions. We welcome questions and suggestions via email hi at augmenters.us or on social with our handle at augmentershq. We are most active and available on LinkedIn and YouTube. Shout out and earnest thank you to our intrepid producer, Erlen Cato. We appreciate you. Augmenters out. See ya.